Do you have any hobbies? I collect spores, molds, and fungus. I bet you like to read a lot, too. Print is dead. Are you troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters. We're ready. Let's go Ghostheads, welcome to episode 2 of the Print is Dead podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Ghostbusters. I am your ghost host with the most, your man Ecto Crank, and before we jump into this one, I need to say a huge thank you to everyone who checked out episode 1. I really wasn't sure if people were going to tune in to this thing, I mean I know I've got a few followers online, but I really wasn't sure if people were going to care about what I had to say and what I was putting out there, so to see so many of you coming out and supporting episode 1 really does mean the world to me, so a huge thank you to everyone who checked it out. Even bigger thanks to my dude Richie Crip for coming out and being the guest for episode one. It was so cool to sit and talk all things Ghostbusters and art with him and really dig into what makes him the Ghostbusters fan that he is today and hearing about the creative process for his comic book, which you can read right now. Issue two just recently released of Something Strange, a Ghostbusters fan comic. You can check that out online. Find him on social media at Richie Crip. Dude, so much, so much love for coming on the first episode, man. I really, really appreciate it. If you've yet to listen to episode one, definitely check it out. Don't sleep on my man, Rich Crypt. He is a fountain of knowledge for Ghostbusters. He's a hella talent in the world of art, and his Ghostbusters comic, Something Strange, is really, really good. So check that out. And that's enough gushing out of me. Let's get on with episode two. Later on, I will be joined by Austin Brown, better known online as Ecto-1GB. He is going to be talking us through the process of building a life-size Ecto-1. A full-scale, full replica, light sounds the works. He's in the process of doing it. He's the latest ghost head to take on this mammoth task. I use that word a lot in this show. I'll pre-warn you. Mammoth task. Mammoth task of building a full-scale Ecto-1. Like, I thought building a proton pack was an achievement. And then it is, don't get me wrong, it definitely is. But like, when I built a proton pack, I was like, I am the king, the king of the world for building this thing. And he's out there building an Ecto-1. Like, I wouldn't even know where to begin. I can't, I can't even drive. Like, real talk, I don't even have a driver's license. I couldn't even drive a car, let alone even entertain the idea of building one. So it was a fascinating interview. Shouts to Austin for coming on the show. You're really going to like it. But he's up later on. Before that, we're going to get into some community news. And then we're going to talk merch. Hello, Ghostbusters. Please hold. Ghostbusters, please hold. This is Laura Summer, Janine Melnitz. And you're listening to the Print is Dead podcast. Now, first things first, I need to say a huge congrats to newlyweds Matt and Sophie Cox. They got married recently and it, was, it wasn't it was a Ghostbusters-themed wedding, but they're both huge ghost heads and Matt's best man, Greg, was able to secure a little something special for the bride and groom that I know each and every one of you are going to appreciate. He managed to get none other than Winston Zeddemore, the one and only Ernie Hudson, to say a few words via recorded video to the happy couple on their special day. I mean, how cool is that? The biggest day of your life, happiest day of your life, and all of a sudden, Ernie Hudson, Winston Zeddemore, in full flight suit, drops in to congratulate you on your special day. Like, that's crazy. And it's so awesome that they both love Ghostbusters because often in relationships it's pretty one-sided where one person really loves Ghostbusters and the other one doesn't. So they kind of like, you kind of have to tolerate your partner's love of Ghostbusters. But when you both love the movies, you both love the TV show, the comic books, and, and only Hudson pops up on your wedding day and you both equally are like, ah, this is amazing. Like that just makes a special day just that much better. So massive congrats to Matt and Sophie. As someone who has been married for over 10 years, like it's it's an awesome journey. Finding someone you can spend your life with is amazing. So a massive congrats to you. I wish you both nothing but happiness in your life. And congrats 
slash kind of jealous that you had Ernie Hudson. Technically, you can say you had Ernie Hudson at your wedding because that's that's amazing. But yeah, congrats to Matt and Sophie on uh, what I'm sure was an awesome wedding day. Now, as we are officially in the month of October, it's the Halloween season, it's the busy period for Ghostbusters. Even though Ghostbusters isn't a Halloween movie, and I'll fight anyone who wants to debate that with me, Ghostbusters is not a Halloween movie. Just like Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie, I'm gonna catch the flight for that, but Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie. Even though I predominantly, will admit I predominantly watch Die Hard over Christmas, and I probably will watch it in the lead up to Christmas this year. I'm getting way, way off topic here. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Now I'm starting to think maybe it is. I don't know. But the Ghostbusters is not a Halloween movie. It's not. I'm sorry. It might have ghosts in it. I have ghouls. It might have villains. Whatever monsters. Whatever. But Ghostbusters is not a Halloween movie. However, I'm still off topic. October is the busy season for Ghostbusters franchises, and there are a lot of Ghostbusters groups out there doing things this October. For example, the fine folks over at the Sussex Ghostbusters will be appearing at an event for Retro by Ronnie, a retro toys and collectibles store in Worthing on October 22nd. You can come down, you can check out some awesome retro collectibles, you can meet the Sussex Ghostbusters, who are an awesome bunch of guys, I've met one or two of them over the years, very cool group. But as well as all of that, you're going to have the opportunity to enter a raffle to win a Sinclair C5. Now I'm going to be real with you, I didn't know what a Sinclair C5 was. When I read the words I thought, ah that's like a vintage gaming console or something like that. I had to look it up and this is straight from Wikipedia, I'm not going to pretend like I know anything. Straight from Wikipedia, it's a one person electric tricycle originally produced in 1985. It looks kind of cool, the pictures of it look kind of cool and if that's something that you, if you knew what a Sinclair C5 was without having to look it up, you're probably going to want to get on this raffle. So October 22nd, Retro by Ronnie, that's in Worthing, go meet the Sussex Ghostbusters and win a Sinclair C5. Sticking with the UK, my dudes at the North East Ghostbusters will be saving the day at Nerd Fright Fest on Sunday the 9th of October, and that's going to be at the Boiler Shop in Newcastle. Nerd Fright Fest is a fun-filled family event featuring everything from gaming to cosplay contests. The North East Ghostbusters will be there all day. They've got a really, really cool setup, and they're always raising money for Cash for Kids, a charity whose aim is to improve the lives of disadvantaged kids and young people affected by poverty, illness, neglect, and additional needs from all over the UK. Like They're in a really good bunch of guys. I feel like I'm gushing over the North East Ghostbusters, but they're a really nice bunch of guys, and they've got a really cool setup and they, they raise thousands a year for needy kids like they're, they're all ghostbusters franchises are awesome but i've got a, i've got a soft spot in my heart for the northeast ghostbusters so check them out nerd fright fest sunday 9th of october at the boiler shop in newcastle keeping with the uk ghostbusters scene for just a little bit my group the essex ghostbusters will be appearing for a retro cinema club at the victoria hall theater that's in Harlow on Saturday the 29th of October from 4pm for just £4 you can meet the Essex GBs and you can watch Ghostbusters at the cinema. VictoriaHallTheatre.co.uk for tickets and information. Heading over to Europe, my dudes at Ghostbusters Germany will be busting some heads, in a purely spiritual sense of course, at the Halloween Horror House in Alsdorf, I'm sorry if I've mispronounced that, on October 29th to the 31st. Halloween Horror House is a themed convention that caters to everyone from die-hard horror fans to families, with special guests, haunted houses, stacks of pop culture and fire ops at every turn. It's not something you're going to want to miss. Honestly, it sounds really, really cool. And if I could get over there for this, I, I, like I've sort of half tempted 
to maybe go to this thing because it sounds like it could be a cool event. And the Ghostbusters Germany are awesome. Another group with a really awesome setup. Like there are so many franchises out there killing it right now. And Ghostbusters Germany is definitely up there as one of those groups. They've just got a really, really in-depth setup, and they're a really big group as well, which is awesome. They got, I think, they've got to be one of, if not the biggest groups in terms of numbers of of Ghostbusters on their team. Like they're really cool. So definitely check out the Ghostbusters of Germany at Halloween Horror House Elsdorf from October 29th to the 31st. Heading over to America, because I guess if we're going to talk Ghostbusters, we've got to talk some American Ghostbuster franchises. The Steel City Ghostbusters will be appearing at the Freeport Halloween Carnival, located on the James E. Schwartz Memorial Field in Freeport, PA. That's on October 14th and 15th. For more information on how you can meet the Steel City GBs and grab a photo with their giant Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, simply head over to their Facebook and search Steel City GB. Now that's just a small, tiny, minuscule selection of the things going on in the Ghostbusters community throughout October. Like I say, it's the busy season for franchises across the globe. And if you're on social media, just start searching Ghostbusters in your local area. I guarantee wherever you are, there's a Ghostbusters franchise nearby, if not living right within the town or city that you're in. So definitely check it out. There's plenty going on. And if you're a Ghostbusters franchise listening to this show and you've got an event coming up you want to promote for November, Drop me an email, info at ectocrank.com. Give me all the information about that, and I'll talk about it right here on Print is Dead. Ectocrank, really digging the pod. Phenomenal work. This is Greg Goslin from the Flip City Ghostbusters. You guys can check out my artwork, pick up a shirt, or just give me a follow over at Greg Goslin or at Flip City Ghostbusters, both on Instagram. And remember, if someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. Last but by no means least, I am stoked to announce this one because this has been a long time coming and dudes worked really, really hard on this one. Issue 1 of Call the Ghostbusters, a new free fan comic from Pablo Lara. Dude is so nice, he's so friendly as well. He's been working so hard. Anyone who follows Call the GB, Call the Ghostbusters on social media will have seen the progress of this thing over the past, I don't know how many years. I want to say like three, four years, maybe maybe more. I've been talking to him since before the 35th anniversary. In fact, he and I released a sticker for the 35th anniversary. That was the first collaboration I did in this community. We put out our Ghostbusters 35th anniversary sticker based on a logo that he designed. That was really cool. But Call the Ghostbusters issue one, finally available for release this October 28th. Mark it in your calendars, October 28th. You can be able to download this thing absolutely free from my website, crankcave.com forward slash call the gbs it's going to be completely free no money down perfect halloween reading like i said i've read this one it's really really good you're gonna love this man what a time to be alive two ghostbusters fan comics two regular ghostbusters fan comics by two insanely talented artists who are just huge Ghostbusters fans and who want to tell stories and give something back to the community. That's amazing. Something Strange by Rich Crypt and this one, Call the Ghostbusters by Pablo Lara, October 28th. Crankcave.com forward slash Call the GBs. Check it out. Absolutely free. Hi, I'm William Hassel. My name's Stence. I'm Scott Ward. My name's Nate Riley. I'm Luke Jennings. And I'm Andy Thorpe. And we are the Staffordshire Ghostbusters. And we would like to congratulate you on your podcast and good luck for the future. Keep on busting. Jumping into the merch news, I'm going to bring you a selection of Ghostbusting goodies available right here in the UK. Now, like I said on the last episode, I specifically focused on Ghostbusters merchandise available in the United Kingdom because we don't get enough of a shout out about merch you can get in this country. But like I said last time, just assume if this is available in the UK, it's going to be available everywhere else because unless it is specifically a UK exclusive, and I will announce if it's UK exclusive, just assume that it's going to be available everywhere else. But 
ghost heads listening in the UK, the following merch is available right now. Now, a few weeks back, Ghostbusters News posted about tubs of Manic Panic hair dye, which initially, I'm sure a lot of people were kind of confused about, but keen eye Ghostbusters 2 fans will know the name Manic Panic as the shop that's like, it's like one, two doors down from Razor Colt. You can see the storefront during exterior shots of Razor Colt throughout Ghostbusters 2, so if you've no idea what I'm talking about, go watch those exterior shots. Two doors down from the right, you'll see like the first half of the word Manic from Manic Panic. So people have been buying up their candy cotton pink hair dye because it looks like slime and it's like a Ghostbusters 2 tie-in. And it was one of those things that I saw that and thought, that's not going to be available in the UK. We're never going to get that. Now, went looking online and grindstore.co.uk have tubs of Manic Panic hair dye in, in all kinds of different colors, but they've got a cotton candy pink. They also have like a hot pink as well. So depending on what type of pink you want to go for, and it's in like a translucent tub so you can see the pink. And it's got the Manic Panic on the front. And although they had no intention of making it even remotely Ghostbusters 2, you just look at this thing. And if you know that name because of Razor Cole and you know the slime pink, you just look at it like, that kind of feels like a Ghostbusters product. And you can pick those up. I mean, it's hair dye. And let's be honest, it is just pink hair dye. But for $10.99, you can own a little piece of a little piece of Ghostbusters 2, a little piece of unintentional Ghostbusters 2 merchandise. That's from grindstore.co.uk. Sticking with Ghostbusters 2 for a minute, if you jump over to very.co.uk, they are currently offering 25% off their Playmobil Ghostbusters Ecto-1A, down from $59.99 to $34.99. Comes with all four Ghostbusters decked out in the charcoal GB2 suits, and you get a ghost trap. And honestly, the Playmobil, you might turn your nose up when you hear the word Playmobil if you're not familiar with this line already, but honestly, that Playmobil Ecto-1, probably the coolest version of Ecto-1 we've had released ever. Like, bold statement alert, like, that's my favorite version of Ecto-1A we've ever had. Like, it's so cool. $34.99, that's a bargain, pick it up. Also, over there right now, you can get the Ecto-1 Lego set, the new one that came out, the big, expensive, it was like 200 quid when it first came out. You can now get that for $146.99 over there. And the good thing about very is they do monthly payments you don't even have to drop all that money in one go check them out they've got some other ghostbuster stuff over there as well that is discounted that's very.co.uk picking up this thread from last month's episode just geek are back with another ghostbusters rubber duck tubs this time it's another exclusive and it's of janine it's of gb1 janine she's got the glasses she's got the cardigan everything it's so cool like if you're into this sort of thing if you're into collecting the tubs and there are some really cool ghostbusters i think they're still doing winston half price actually I didn't check that before recording, but the last I looked, they had Winston up there for half price. There's never been a better time to get into tubs. Janine coming out limited to 3,000, just like the glow in the dark slimer from last month. Limited to 3,000, available for 19.99, justgeek.com. This one due to drop next year, February 2023. Could be the first, that could be the first bit of Ghostbusters merchandise to release in 2023. Up next, the folks at bargainmax.co.uk are currently offering some really good discounts to be fair i didn't even know what bargain max was never heard of that before i was just searching for some cheap ghostbusters merch and bargainmax.co.uk came up and they're offering a lot of the hasbro stuff at really really good prices the blue proton pack the sort of kenner inspired hasbro blue proton pack you can go and get it now for 9.99 down from 20 quid 9.99 less than a tenner you can buy a proton pack for less than 10 pounds that's insane. And some of the mods people have done on these, like they're giving them a black coat of paint and they, they look pretty good. I mean, it's a kid's bright on bag, but they look pretty good. And because it's got no back, you could decorate it. Like you could paint it to look like the movie one. You could just hang it on the wall. Or, you know, if you've got kids, I hear some people have children. If you've got kids, you could buy for them. $9.99, get your kid a proton pack for Christmas. That's amazing. They also have the ghost whistle for, check this, six 
£6.99 for the Ghostbusters, down from 15 quid. £6.99 for Ghostbusters Afterlife inspired merchandise. This is insane. They've also got a range of like Playmobil stuff. They've got the Firehouse for less than 60. Like bargainmax.co.uk for real. Like if you want to get some of the Playmobil stuff, you want to get some of those Hasbro, I guess they're kind of props, like prop toys. They're so cheap. Like discounts from everything from seven up to like 25 quid discount on stuff that was already pretty cheap. I mean, 15 quid for the ghost whistle was pretty good anyway, but 6.99, like that's insane. Check them out, bargainmax.co.uk. Hey, this is Eric at the Moogly Fan Club on Facebook, where we provide free activities and contests to Ghostbusters fans new and old. Heading over to Zavi, now you can get 25% off their Ghostbusters beanie and you can get free shipping using the code BEANIES. The standard black beanie has got the Ghostbuster logo on it, but 25% off and free shipping. I mean, who's offering free shipping these days? I'm not even offering free shipping. That's a pretty good deal. Also, you can grab the lineup hoodie, which I've posted a few photos of. It's a really cool hoodie, actually. It's got all four of the guys. How often do we get merch with all four of them on? You can pick that hoodie up right now, reduce from $34.99 down to $18.99, and you get free shipping with the code GHOST. And for everything else at Zavi, Ghostbusters or not, if you use my code ECTOCRANK, as long as it isn't a pre-order item or already reduced, you can get up to 20% off site-wide using my code ECTOCRANK. That's at zavi.co.uk and zavi.com. My last bit of merch news this month is a little closer to the home. I am stoked to announce that yesterday I released a whole new range of merch over at my store, The Crank Cave. You can find me on Etsy, thecrankcave.etsy.com, or you can find me on eBay, search The Crank Cave. I released acrylic pin versions of my Jack O'Lantern collection from last year. Stickers are still available of that as well. I re-released my Friday the 13th sticker and I've teamed it with a Nightmare on Elm Street sticker. So you've got a Freddy vs. Jason sticker pack. I also put out a key ring sticker of the Kenner Firehouse. I've got plans to do a pin badge of that and a patch coming in the future. And I released a button badge, sticker and art card of one of my all-time favorite Ghostbuster quotes. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Trap yourself a button badge, sticker, and art card with that classic phrase emblazoned upon it, along with everything else we've just said over on my store, The Crank Cave. Up next, I'm going to be talking to Austin Brown, better known as Ecto-1GB, and he's going to be talking us through his journey of building a full-scale 1-1 replica of Ecto-1. Greetings from Omaha, Nebraska, here in the United States. This is Nate, also known as Ghostbusters Gear on Instagram. I just wanted to give a shout out to all the Ghostbuster builders out there for making cool stuff and putting positive vibes into your communities. Remember, stay fit, keep sharp, and make good decisions. Here's the latest in a line of ghost heads to take on the mammoth task of building what has got to be the ultimate Ghostbusters prop. Austin is currently in the process of building a screen accurate Ecto-1. How's it going, sir? Thank you very much for coming on the show. Hey, I am good. Thank you so much for having us on, buddy. It's a, it's a pleasure. The moment I heard you were building an Ecto-1, I, I had to get you on the show. I've, I've seen other people's finished builds before, but knowing that you're literally in the process of building it now, I had to get you on and talk to you about it. Ah, thanks, mate. No, it's great to be here. Thank you. So before we get into that, tell me about your first memory of Ghostbusters. Okay. So um, my my first memory of Ghostbusters, I I would have been about four years old and uh, I couldn't go to sleep. And I remember coming downstairs and uh, going into the living room and uh, my mum and dad were watching this film on on the TV and, and I came down and... All I saw, the first thing I saw was this white car with these red, big red fins come screaming out of this, like what looked to me like a garage at the time. 
and sort of go around the corner. And that was the, that was the first point I, I looked at. I, I was kind of like, oh, cool, this, this, this looks cool. What, what's this then? And they were kind of like, you know, you've got to go to sleep, got to go to sleep. I said, well, can I just watch a bit of this? You know, I can't really sleep. And um, they said, yeah, okay, come on then. And uh, they said, this is, this is a film called Ghostbusters and you can sit down and watch it for a bit. And I remember watching the Cedric Hotel scene and just thinking, oh, wow, this is, this is cool. This is, you know, I love this. I love the characters. I love their, how they were, you, you know, their attitudes, what they were doing. Just every part of it just flicked my happy switch. That's an amazing first memory. Exo coming screeching out of the out of the firehouse. I mean, I mean, we can end the interview right here because that's why you're building an Exo, isn't it? Because that, that was the well, first memory. Yeah. Like, yeah, we can just call it a day right now. That's it. Thanks for coming on. See you later on. That's an that's an amazing first memory. So did you then go on and and watch the cartoons? Yeah, yeah, that was the cartoons that came out sort of shortly afterwards. I mean, I loved the film, but I think we wore the VHS out loads of times when it had come out. And we watched the cartoons, and we also picked up the, the comics, the, the Marvel comics. You, you remember them? Oh, yes. they, they were They were so good. They weren't they? They were great. They were amazing. They were great. And I used to go around every morning, Saturday morning, round to the, my local news agents, and I'd pick, pick my one up and, and then read it Saturday. And it was um, just happy times as a kid. Amazing. Yeah, those comic books, man. I can still read those now. They're, they're that good. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. They are so good, yeah. So, all these years later, why do you think Ghostbusters still resonates with you to the point that you want to build an Ecto-1? What is it about Ghostbusters? It's weird, isn't it? It's weird. You go through life and you, you kind of like, you, you grab onto things and it, be it sort of like, I don't know, nostalgia for, for, you know, nostalgic reasons or be it for, for, for reasons that tie you to just a point in your life. Ghostbusters has always been one of those things. It's always been a constant in my life. And, you know, without getting soppy and stuff, you know, it's always been something that whenever you're down, you can stick on the TV and you can instantly go, oh, yeah, great. No, I love this. Love this. And you can lose yourself. You can immerse yourself in this world of just these absolute what I call, you know, boneheads. (laughs) Who start this? Who start this crazy business? You know, they get they get thrown out of you know university, and they're just like weird and kooky, and you can just relate to different parts of them. You can go like, well, I can see a bit of myself in that person. I can see a bit of myself in that person, and I always find it interesting whenever you see you know someone's your flight suit and they have the the, the name name tag, you you almost get an idea of their character because you've gone okay, you are liking yourself more like Spengler, you know, or deep in thought, or you're more like Venkman, you know, just, just a bit of a wise guy, that kind of thing. So I always, I always think it's good, but it, it always just, it resonates. The idea of it, the, the idea of, I suppose, four guys together, going out, working as a team, you know, having a good time whilst they're doing it. It was just, it was just always a very comforting sort of like homely thing. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's definitely one of those, that no matter what's going on in life, you can uh, you can pick up a book, you can switch on a film, play the video game, and just you just you know you're going to come away from that two hours, three hours, whatever, feeling better than you did, hundred hundred percent. So uh, who's your who's your favourite to, uh, to pin you down? Do you have a favourite <laughs> Ghostbuster? It's it's tricky, isn't it? It's 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 probably got to be Venkman. Yeah, it's probably got to be Venkman. Yeah, I, I think Bill Murray for for me, I just you know he's he's been so good in so many of the other films, and I think it's going to be Venkman. He's just you, you can't help but watch him and smile. You know, even just thinking about some of the bits that, that he does in, in the film, just make you smile. 
just his look and his mannerisms and his timing. You just think, oh God, yeah, yeah, you, you are cool. You are very cool. And I don't know about you, but the more you the more you see Bill Murray and the more you get to know Bill Murray as much as one can through a screen, mm. it makes that performance that much better because you know what's Venkman and what's Murray. And like, it's, I, I, love, I love seeing that, the sort of the blurring of the lines. You're like, that's so Murray. That's it. It's kind of Venkman. It's, like, it's, it's a really, really good performance. And it's great when you watch other films and you see almost a bit of Venkman come through. Yeah, you know? yeah. There's so many times in like uh, The Life Aquatic with, you know, Zizou. Yes. You know, where, where you can just go, oh, that's very Venkman. That's very, you know, when he's sort of like looking at the, the Adidas trainers and he's kind of just going, uh-huh, yeah, right. <laughs> and you could just you could just go, yeah, that's Venkman. That's Venkman, you know, 20 years on from Ghostbusters 1, having a licensing deal with Adidas going, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do that and getting a free pair of trainers out of it, you know? I think he's one where you can. It's hard to know where Venkman ends and Bill Murray begins. And I don't think that's the case with the other three. I think they're all pretty distinct in the different characters they've played. And like Ray Stance is very much a character, and Dan Aykroyd plays so many different characters. That I can see the distinction. But with Bill, yeah, it's, it's often hard to tell what's what's Murray and what's Venkman. And I think that's that's brilliant. Absolutely, and it makes it that much more real, doesn't it? You know, because yes. we we watch films and we want to be immersed and we want to believe it's real. And you know, you're looking at a hundred foot marshmallow man, and you're thinking, yeah, okay, well, yeah, this could happen. You know, this could happen. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why not? Stranger things have happened. So watching for myself watching Ghostbusters, I couldn't relate to Venkman stance. Or Spengler. I just I wasn't a science kid. I wasn't a, I wasn't a smart kid. Let's put it that way. I just I couldn't relate to them. And up to that point in the movie, I was like, this is amazing, but I'll never get to be a Ghostbuster. Mm. And then Winston comes on the scene, yeah. and he just applies for the job. And, and then in that moment, I'm like, ah, oh, I can be a Ghostbuster then because I can I can apply for a job. Yeah. I can say what he said to get a job. And that's what I love about I love about that character. Yeah, he's the everyman, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's you know. he's one that that. He's one that people like me can relate to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was never smart at school. I was never smart at school. I was, I was always, I was always bunking off a bit, doing naughty things, trying it on. You know, I, I really didn't. Um, I, I struggled, I think, academically. So that, that was going to be my next question because you are now a school teacher in your profession. I am, ironically. Yes. <laughs> Did Ghostbusters have anything to do with inspiring a career in education? Um, I think I think Ghostbusters has had a part in almost everything that I've done. Uh, and I think one of the things about being a teacher is you work very, very closely as a team. And it, it's that that's one of the main things that runs through Ghostbusters, isn't it? You know, about teamwork. And, you know, in a school, you know, you're very uh, tied to what you can do. And I'm lucky enough to work at my school with some absolutely fantastic people. And, you know, you have to do that thing in the face of adversity. You have to be able to have a laugh and you have to be able to work well as a team. And there's a very lot, there's a, there's a lot of characteristics that, you know, you can, you can apply to it that you can say, well, yeah, that's, that's a Ghostbusters trait. Do you know what I mean? You're echoing what my, my wife's also a teacher and you're echoing, she's watched Ghostbusters since becoming a teacher. And she's like, this is a lot like teaching Ghostbusters yeah. <laughs> when they're in the thick of it and there's chaos going around and you got to answer yeah. to the, answer to the stitch. Yeah. She's like, this is a lot like teaching. Yeah. <laughs> the only problem I find where it differs is when you have some ugly spud who's just throwing plates around and generally causing chaos you can't blast them with uh you know a proton pack you know it's frowned it's frowned upon it's frowned upon <laughs> like, you know. no, exactly and i'm like come on you know 
when they when so, they cover you with marshmallow, there's just nothing you can oh, do. You just have to no. <laughs> take it on the chin and keep going. You just have to just plow on through. <laughs> so we'll get onto the Ecto in a second, but obviously if you're you're built if you're building that, you're obviously I'm going to assume you're a builder, a prop builder of sorts. Have you built anything else, Ghostbusters, like a pack trap, anything like that? I've been thinking about this today and about sort of like talking to you later on. And I was kind of thinking, okay, well, where, where whereabouts did all of this idea of creating and stuff go? And I've always loved building stuff. So I've always always loved building stuff, just tinkering away with things, which is kind of how I started. And Ages ago, ages before there were any of the pack builders or, or, or any people who were, were selling the parts, I built one out of wood and, you know, metal and fabricated something, which wasn't terribly accurate. But, you know, for back then, it was it was pretty good because there wasn't many design, uh, you know, blueprints or you know many photos online. I think it could have even predated the Internet even, actually. I'm talking v- a VHS still build. Yeah, I think it could quite well have been. And, you know, I kind of, I built that and it had lights and all the rest. I got a a, a jumpsuit. It was like a kind of Dickies work suit from the local hardware store. And I got one of them and then kind of started there. And I built this pack and I was like, that's great. That's great. Done that. Tick that box. I've built my proton pack. You know, now I don't need to do anything else. <laughs> yeah. And famous that last words. Was, <laughs> that was my famous last words because then I was like, oh, you know, years went on and then these people started popping up, uh, you know, online that, that will, you know, sell you the kit. And I was like, oh, well, okay, that's cool. That's cool. I, I could do that. I could, you know, I've, I've done it before. How hard could it be? And then you start going down rabbit holes, don't you, of going, ah, right, so they used this kind of clipart valve on there, or, or they used this Raytheon crank knob. And you start going, oh, I wonder if I can find one of them. Oh, one was sold three months ago. And then you're, before you know it, you've got your, your eBay searches constantly pinging off on the most random stuff and I remember my wife going oh I, I picked up the iPad and, and your eBay watch list was on there and I was like going oh yeah she was like going you are watching some really weird stuff on there I was like going, if I didn't know you better I thought you'd be building something suspicious that's it that's it so um so yeah you know so I built a pack and um, I documented all of that and did, did, a, did a few videos online, which, which he did, which was called um, The Road to Building a Proton Pack. And that was really good because at, at, at that time, there wasn't a lot of videos online either. And what's been lovely is since I've done the Ecto and I've kind of made a bit more of a presence kind of, I suppose, on like Instagram and things, I've had like people contacting us going, hey, you know, I watched your build videos on, on YouTube and I, I, I loved it. And that got me into doing this. And it's great, and I see, you know, and you can, before you know it, and this is again one of the wonderful things about Ghostbusters. You're connecting with people all around the world, and they're going, "Oh yeah, you know, what we watched this. It was great watching you build this, and that started me on this. And now I'm doing this, and I've done this, and it's great." And you strike up loads of just wonderful friendships that you wouldn't have that you wouldn't have had otherwise. It, just, it makes you realise just how small the world is. Yeah. Because you, you, you put something out, and it's like, I know that exact thing, you put something out on the internet, and then somebody from the other side of the world is like, oh, I listened to your mixtape the other day, it's really good. Oh, now I listen to it each day before work. And I'm like, yeah. That's crazy, because I just sat in my house and made that, and you know, you're hopeful that you're hopeful that one or two people have listened to it, or that your friends will listen to it, and before you know what's happening, people you've never met or may never meet are consuming stuff that you, and are inspired by the stuff that you have created. It's, it's, it's truly amazing, and it's so much back and forth as well because for everything you put out there that inspires somebody else they're putting something out that inspires you and it's just there's so much so much back and forth in this community i absolutely love it 
So when did you make the jump from, I finished the Proton Pack, that's great, now it's time to build an Ecto-1? So yeah, I built, the, I, I built the pack and did that and, you know, I was like, awesome. And I finished that, I spent so long doing that. And I was like, great, okay, there we go, that's it, that's, that's me done, that's me finished. And uh, my wife kind of said, so, so what are you doing next then? I was like, well, uh, I think I'll, I think I'll um, probably leave it for now, you know, I don't really want to do any other things. I've, I've done my Proton Pack and, and that, was, that was good enough. And then came the idea of doing a car. And I thought to myself, well, it would be daft. I, there's no way I can fit a, a 22 foot long Cadillac on, on the driveway. We, we just had our first child as well, and there was no way she would entertain that. So I said, um, okay. I said, listen, I, I, I quite fancy doing like a, a film car. She was like, right. And my wife is a massive Jurassic Park fan. She is a huge Jurassic Park fan. So yeah, I said, my wife is as well. <laughs> we need to get these two together. <laughs> I think that would be a bad idea. So um, we, we, so I said to her, I said, well, look, hey, what, I could do the Jurassic Park Jeep. You know, I, I, could, do, I could do one of those. And she said, well, I don't hate that idea. So I said, cool. And then hunted around for a 93 YJ Jeep. One came up, found it, bought it, and then did it, you know, turned into a Jurassic Park Jeep, which we still have, which is great. And that is so much fun. That is just brilliant. And just, you know, like, like, the, like the Cadillac, you know, it gets a lot of looks and a lot of waves and it's good and you can run around. Unlike the Cadillac, that's one you can surely take out a lot easier and you can drive around the streets much easier than, than in the Caddy. Absolutely. You know, you can take it, you can park it in, in, in one parking space in, in Tesco's and go and get your shopping. Whereas if I took the Cadillac, it would clog up the entire car park there. Got to put it in one of the lorry bays around the back. That's it. Yeah. In deliveries. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so I did the Jeep and then... So you won, you won her over with the Jurassic Park Jeep it. and then said, now I'd quite like to build... That's it. <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a soft opener, I think, well, I think is the expression. It was a soft opener. So we did the Jurassic Park Jeep. Smart man. Yeah, and she loved that. And she got used to the idea of me having like a second car, my, my daily run around, which is nothing special. It's just, you know, a Ford and then we, we had the Jeep. And then, um, and then it was during, during lockdown. I, I've been looking for the right caddy to come along for, for ages. And then, yeah, it, it sort of, it all happened in lockdown, really. So after all that time, so you built a Proton Pack and you were happy with that. And just why, why now? Was it just, oh, one's available. Oh, I'll just jump on that. Or, or is it, you know, sort of a, if I don't do it now, maybe I never will. Like, what was the what was the thing? Because everyone, I think, in the Ghostbusters community would love the idea of building an Ecto. And certainly if the money was just lying around. I, I, myself, I don't even drive, I don't have a license, but even myself would probably build an Ecto. So what hit you is be like, I now have to do this because you're one of less than half a dozen people in the UK who now owns an Ecto. So, so what pushed you to take that big step to actually start the build? So it, I, I came to a point in my life and um, I'm, a, I'm a guitarist. So I, I played in like a, a, my band for, for the longest of time, for about 25 years or so. And ever since I was growing up and playing guitar, I always used to buy up guitars because when you get a passion for something, you know, you, you, you tend to pick these things up. So I, I'd always collected rare and vintage guitars from a very young age. And I kind of picked all these guitars up. And then one day I kind of just looked at all of these guitars that I had all in cases. And I still, yeah, I still play, but I only ever play one guitar these days. And I thought to myself, I've got all of these guitars sat around the house in cases that 
all they're doing is they're upping the premiums on my home insurance. <laughs> I thought, you know, why the hell have I got them here? Let's let's do something instead of having guitars that I never play. And I thought, right, I've always wanted to do this ecto, so let's sell all the guitars, see where we're at, see what comes up, and you know, I put it out into the universe and sort of said, you know, well, if something comes up, then something comes up. So I sold all of these guitars, vintage. You know, we had like Paul McCartney Hoffners and old SGs and Gibsons and you know loads of stuff and um, it was great it's very cathartic our home insurance premiums came down yeah and you know my, my wife wasn't f- suddenly worried about you know our, our house being burgled and all the guitars going out so so that was cool so we managed to free up a load of cash with that and I just said to my wife you know look when they're all sold this is what I'm going to do I'm going to build an ecto because I want to I want to put this towards something that I've always done and I'll get enjoyment from and lots of other people can get enjoyment from. And she kind of said, yep, yep, that's cool. Okay, no worries. And then during lockdown, I was working from home doing like online provision for the classes and um, a notification went off and it was like, you know, saved searches, Cadillac ambulance. And I was like, oh, okay, have a quick look at that. So I had a look and, and this one came up and I looked at it and I was looking at it going, Oh, that's nice. Well, that's a good price. Hmm, okay. And I started, I just emailed the guy and said, hey, look, you know, I, I, I see you got this for sale. Would you be happy to help ship it over to the UK? And the guy um, who I bought it from was a guy called Murray. Now, I thought to myself, okay, well, if I'm looking for a sign, you know, I put this out into the universe. If I put it out to a sign, you know, if I'm looking for a sign, buying off a guy called Murray, I thought, well, that's, uh, that, that's, that's a pretty good sign. He then said to me, yep, yeah, that's not a problem. We, sh- we ship, we, you know, we, we ship cars and things like that. We would ship it out of New York. And I kind of went, okay, so, so hang on, I'm, I'm buying a Cadillac ambulance off a guy called Murray who's, who's going to ship it out of New York. I was kind of like... Did he, did he see the irony of all of this? I, do, I was trying to explain it to him, but I was, a bit, I was a bit like, it was all a bit of a crazy time. And I think what happened was I became then a bit like, or a bit giddy by the whole thing. And I was just going, okay, yeah, look, okay, well, let, let me send you a deposit. Let me send you a deposit. We'll, we'll sort it out. And, you know, we became friends on Facebook, you know, because I said, you know, how, how can I trust you? Because there is nothing more worrying than sending a large sum of cash to someone who you've just had a couple of emails with. Especially if they're abroad as well. Yeah. I, you know, if they're in this country, you can drive up and knock on the door and, and whatever. But, you know, this this guy's in, in the US. And, you know, what what do you do? So anyway, we, we became friends on Facebook and, and blah, blah, blah. And he in his, well, not in his spare time, but at Christmas time, he is um, a, a Santa. So he looks exactly like Santa. <laughs> and I thought, well, there you go. There you go. Because I remember on my, like, fifth birthday, writing to Santa and asking him for the Ecto-1. And when, when my mum and dad gave us, the, you know, the Kenner Ecto-1, I was terribly disappointed because I was like, <laughs> no, no, when I, when I was writing to Santa for it, I, I wanted the, not a toy, I wanted the Ecto, yeah, as a five-year-old, I was like, what do I want a bloody toy for? I can't get in a drive that for crying out loud. I want, I want the, I want the real, real McCoy. And Santa, bless his cotton picking socks it took him 35 years but you know he made good on his promise murray santa out in new york hooks <laughs> you up at an xo one that's amazing that is better than any story i thought you were gonna give me that's 
that's that's amazing absolutely amazing well all you know all true so um it was it was a you know it was one of those things that all the signs were right so so i'd sent my money off i'd sent my money off to him and it then kind of occurred to me that um i should probably tell my wife so i so i kind of said hey look you know what what, what do you what do you think of this one she went oh that looks good and i went ah yeah 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 cool uh good well i'm just kind of chatting with him at the moment and my wife's like, yeah, 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 great, lovely job. All right, well, you know, let me know, let me know how you get on, you know. Well, it'll be here next week. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it was, that was kind of how the conversation went. Bless her, my wife, my Christ, my wife puts up with a lot. She puts up with a lot, and she was so amazing with it. She was like, look, Oz, I know this is something that you've been after. You've put your money where your mouth is on this. And I was like, yeah, and, you know, it's going to be great fun. And she goes, and it will keep you busy and occupied and you're always better when you're busy and occupied so so that was it and then i think about six months later it actually arrived what a nerve-wracking six months i can only imagine the other thing as well is it's it's such a big car we had so many problems getting it to the docks because you know even all these people in the u.s who you know ship loads of stuff they were finding it really difficult because they couldn't find anything big enough to ship it because you know they've got laws with overhang and stuff like that and all the trucks that they sent to go and pick it up were just a little bit too small. It's like a boat, isn't it, essentially, size-wise? So you're talking about shipping shipping a boat from one side of the world to the other. It's, that's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. It was hard work to do. And then I, I remember being, you know, having a message one day going, yeah, okay, it's left us. Murray was like, yeah, it's left us. It's, it's on its way down to the port. And I got notification of what ship it was going to be on. And then... <laughs> And then I remember having that ship like as one of my um, links, you know, my, like my hyperlinks on the um, on my laptop. And I remember I used to say to the kids, you know, hey, do you want to see where Mr. Brown's car is? Okay. <laughs> so we'd all go, ah, oh, Mr. Brown, you know, and we'd, you know, we'd bring in a bit of geography with the whole kind of thing. You know, whereabouts is that in, in, in America? Oh, it's here. And, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd make it fun. It's a learning experience. Exactly. It is exactly that. It's a learning experience. Yeah. So tell me about the day it arrived because i can imagine how i would be the day that thing is actually physically in front of me take us take us through that so i i organized a a, a place to store it which is like an old grain barn nice very afterlife i've got i've got to say it's in this massive barn this massive dilapidated barn on this farm and the the it's it's no longer a farm anymore because it's all so well just knackered the whole you know the whole place is is knackered so it's so I, i managed to rent this barn this huge barn and I was, I, I said to the to the guy who was bringing it down, I said, look, this is this is the address. If you can bring it here, great. I remember being at the barn and, and waiting, and the guy the guy just said, oh, I think I'm I think I'm around the front. I think I'm I'm around the front. So I just kind of peered round, and you know, you could see this massive truck at the front, and then there's just this even bigger grey mass behind it, you know, poking through the trees, and I was just like, ah, yeah. <laughs> And it was only when it arrived, and I could, I, and I, re- I remember touching it. I just, just the, the like the front fender. It's a monster, isn't it? In person, I remember sitting behind the sitting behind the wheel of the XO, and just feeling like a child, and not because I was not because I was excited to be inside the car, but just because the steering wheel is bigger than I am. Like the door took took two of us to open it. It's like this is a monster of a machine. It's huge. And then the thing is, when you're driving the thing, it's even bigger still. 
You know, because you, you get in it and you go, oh yeah, bloody hell, this is big. Yeah, you're yeah, looking, oh, I can't see past the bonnet. And you know, you turn around and there's like a cave behind you. That's the only way that it's like a massive cave. And then you start driving it on English roads, you know, where, where they used to like Mini Coopers and, you know, <laughs> Ford Escorts and stuff like that. And you're going, oh my God, this thing is humongous. So this is a mammoth undertaker because I've seen the photos of it when it arrived and it was literally just the caddy. It wasn't Ghostbusters-esque in any way, shape or form. So you're now on the road to building this thing. Is this something you're doing completely by yourself or have you like brought in a team of friends to help you build this thing? Yeah, no, I've basically bent people's arms and said that they owe me favours uh, to come, come along and do this crazy idea with me. Um, I, I've got a couple of really, really good people on my team, which I, you know, I could not have done half the stuff that they've done. So one of them is my cousin. Uh, so that's making Mark. You might have seen him pop up in bits and bobs. He's normally got a welding torch in his hands. He's 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 the the welder of the team. So him and I, we kind of like build loads of the bits that have been going on ecto so so we've been doing that and that's been great because you know we put our heads together and we come up with how it should be from drawings or measurements that people have taken and you know we produce all the stuff that goes on ecto and then there's a, a buddy of mine who's also called mark so i had to differentiate the two so what one was make, making mark because he makes stuff and the other one was the the electrician so he was sparky mark as um basically rewired most of the car and he's going to be the one to make all the lights flash and sirens wail um he he, he knows what he's doing there so um, a great team so how much of the parts are you able to get like original parts for and how many things are you having like or have to have fabricated because like building a proton pack nowadays and that's not even you know it's not even a tenth the size of a, a project if you want to build a fully screen accurate pack now you're fabricating a lot of parts because you just can't get the originals but not as many people are building these cars so like how easy is it to get a hold of original parts really hard really I, you know i i thought you know when i was building the, the the pack i always remember that raytheon crank knob up at the top was always that was almost like the holy grail and i remember when i got one it was you know still in, in the bag and i was like oh, this is the best day of my life you know and i remember getting that and thinking yeah this is cool but that is not a not a snifter on some of the stuff that you've got to find for ectos it's crazy it's so difficult. I mean, some of the stuff you just cannot get. So we, we, we're fabricating those kind of things. But for, so, for example, you know, the, the, the blue light bars, which, you, you know, you look at and you instantly go, OK, yeah, a couple of blue light bars. How hard could they be to find? My God, they are an absolute nightmare to find because they're these, they're a, a Code 3 XL light bar um, or a, a Force 4 one, which was the original one, but they were bought out by Code 3. Anyway, they, they, that's, that's the boring bit, but they are incredibly difficult to find just because, you know, the, so many have met the end of their life in crushes, you know, attached to police cars. Some of them have been salvaged. Some of them, you know, have just died a death and they're incredibly hard to find. A lot of the, the Ecto building is like a massive treasure hunt. And, you know, you build up contacts and somebody goes, oh, you know, have you got any of these? No, I don't have any of these, but I have one of these. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, I'll swap you one of those for one of these. And then it turns into like, you, you know, when you'd be in the, the schoolyard and you, you'd be there with your, you know, your panini swapsies. <laughs> yeah, yes. And you'd go, well, look, well, I, I need that one, that one, and that one. I've got a shiny Peter Venkman. Would you? And, uh, yeah, okay, I'll do that. I've got three exhausts and a bumper. What I need is a set of blue lights. <laughs> 
That's exactly it. That is exactly it. And I'm, I'm funny enough, I'm speaking to a, a guy in the in the US right now, and one of the things that me and uh, Making Mark make is this Texas Instruments radar panel. So it's a cross section thing for, for, for out of an old aircraft from like the 30s or something. Like that. Anyway, you can't get these things at all because they were military to detect aeroplanes and all that kind of jam. So you can't, you just, you cannot flatly get them. So we have produced one um, that's basically as close as you can get to like the original. We've taken ages over it, and it's really, really cool. And I was speaking to a guy um, over in the US, and he was like, oh, are you making those? And I was like, yeah, we're making these. And he was like, hmm, I'd really like one of them. And I'm like, what have you got? And he was like, oh, I've got a, I've got a solar ray. Do you want one of those? And I went, yeah, I do. Okay, I'll, well, I'll swap you the solar ray for one of these. And it's great. And again, it, you know, you form friendships with it. And um, it's nice, you know, it, it's a really nice thing. But it is... It is a massive, massive treasure hunt. And I guess, I guess everything's coming from abroad as well. Customs love me. Yeah, I bet they I do. Think I've, I think I must have paid for their Christmas party 10 times over already. Some. Oh, God. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. You just can't get any of this stuff over here. It's all, it's all in the US. And yeah, it's, you know, by the time, all the stuff's expensive anyway. None of it's like particularly cheap. And then you've got to factor in shipping it across, and then your customs and all the rest. And it's my wallet's hurting just thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just yeah, I think you get to a point where you don't think about it. You know, I remember with the on, focus on the end game now. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. I, I remember with the pack. I remember when I was building the pack, I started keeping like a little list of all of all of the things that I bought, just so I knew how much I'd spent on the pack. And it was great because you could, you know you could total up and you go, oh, okay, well I spent this on the pack and I spent this and that was great. But I remember starting that with the Ecto, getting to a point and going, I think I'll leave this. I don't think I need to be uh, counting the pennies on this anymore. I think this is a boring thing. I was. <laughs> Oh, it's exactly the same with my proton pack. And there was a time where if you stopped me and said, oh, I want to build one of these, how much do you think it would cost to build one like yours? I'm like, oh, wait, no, it'll be about this much because you need this, this, and this, and you do this. Somebody asked me recently, and they're like, so how much, how much money did you put into that? I was like, I stopped counting. And you do. Like, you know, it's a fraction of what a fraction of what you put in for even packs that are bigger and better than mine, but certainly Ecto's. Like, you just get to that point where you're like, yeah. just, are you in, I think it's because you're at a point where you're invested to the point where it's not it's not about the money and it's never it was never about the money but money stops being a factor altogether because it's just a part of who you are and it's a part of your everyday life it's like well money's you know i don't think about my he says i don't think about my electricity bill every single time i turn on a light switch you know what i mean it's just part that's just a part of life and it's, there's going to be a bill that comes with it this is it but it's it's hilarious, isn't it? Because somebody sent me um somebody sent me like a meme the other day, and it it was like in the first half, it was like a guy in like a shop who's looking at a shirt, and he was like going, you know, it said like thirty dollars for a shirt, that's outrageous, and then it was like you know underneath it was like twelve hundred dollars for an ecto part, yeah, no way, what a bargain, <laughs> you know, and it's like that's exactly me, you know, I'll be I'll, I will bulk at spending. 20 quid or whatever on, on, a, on a, a school shirt. And I'll be like, oh, you know, can't I wait for the sales on that? That's because they do cheaper shirts, that's why. I can get a cheap shirt, I can't get a cheap muffler for an Ecto-1. Like, well, this is it, this is it, yeah. <laughs> I will go shirtless to work if I have to. <laughs> Damn right, yeah. Do you, know, do you know how much like an A6 oxygen tank costs for the side? A lot, let me tell you. You just had it painted recently as well, haven't you? I saw the, the pictures of that. It looks it looks lovely. Those I guess those moments are the real sort of fairly simple, but a big step forward in terms of now it's really starting to look like Ecto-1. 
Yeah. So we took the car to the, to the paint shop and we kind of drove past, I think it was like a biker's funeral at the time that was, that was on this side. And, you know, obviously the, the caddy was all kind of black top and, you know, kind of dark gray panels. And it looked, it looked a bit goth almost like, and I think all the, all these bikers kind of like looked at the, looked, looked at the caddy and was like, oh yeah, man, you know, cool, cool goth ride. <laughs> and I was, you know, just kind of like going, yeah, yeah okay, all right, you know. And then, you know, obviously he took it there and it was sprayed and then we went to, went to pick it up. And like you say, it's those small moments changing its, you know, colours from that, that, those goth colours to the white and the red and finding the white, right, and red as well. And then all of a sudden you're looking at it and you're going, yeah, that's it, yeah. And it's always funny because as you're driving it, you, you see just the, the corner of the red stripe out your eye, you know, where it kind of finishes. And it, it's just the weirdest feeling because, you know, you see that long Cadillac bonnet and you're going, oh, yeah, that's right. This is Ecto-1. <laughs> and we took, we took it out of the paint shop and drove it, you know, I want to say 500 yards down the road and came to the roundabout at the end of this industrial estate. And, you know, I'm driving it, you know, ever so gingerly. And I went round the roundabout and this, this guy sort of stopped on the roundabout and he had his window down. And he just yelled out. He went, yeah, Ecto-1 Ghostbusters, man! <laughs> awesome. and, I, and it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. That's it. Yeah, it's very cool. That's amazing. Literally just the... That's, that shows you how iconic Ghostbusters is and, and everything about it. It's literally just the paint was enough. White with a little red stripe, which... The car, the car's huge, but if you're going down the motorway or whatever, it'll pass you pretty quickly, but it's instantly recognisable. It's like, that's Ecto-1. In, in exactly the same way as when you scroll through Instagram and the amount of cleaners who who have the wearable uh, vacuums and they're, they're hashtagging Ghostbusters because it's that iconography. is just so... Just everything about it. I, I don't know that there are too many things in the world, certainly movies, that are that, where every single piece of the film, you can just recognise it and you can see it in other stuff. But yeah, that... A giant white beast driving down the road with that red stripe. Immediately think Ecto-1. Yeah, and like you say, because it is so big and it is so white, and you know that that red stripe, you just it didn't have any, it, it didn't have any door decals on, it didn't have any mirrors, it didn't have the roof rack on, didn't have any lights, did you know it had nothing on it. It was just white with a red, and just instantly you go, oh yeah, that's the that's the car from Ghostbusters. It like you say, it is like just super instantly recognizable i saw your recent post about putting the decals on the door that sounded like it was a lot of fun yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh dear so yeah it's um putting decals on i don't know if you've ever like put like a vinyl you, you know like a, those small vinyls that you get oh you know i sent you a couple of vinyls didn't yeah, i yeah. Said, i sent you some of those and you, you put them on whatever you know your laptop or whatever and sometimes you get a little air bubble and you sit there for a while don't you with your with your thumb and you try and squeeze out those air bubbles and like, yeah, yeah. that's it you, you know sometimes it works other times it doesn't and you're like eh, okay well it's not gonna it's not gonna you know cause too much grief Oh my god, the stress in putting on the side door decals. Oh my god. Literally, it shaved five years off of my life on that day. And I was like, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. And we, we would we were just trying and trying and trying to get these door decals on in the right place, in the right way, because if you look, and you can only see it very briefly, when the car pulls up uh, the Sedgwick, and it has that shot of the side door and the decal, where the, the decal's made in two parts, a red part and a black part, 
there's a small mismatch where they haven't quite got the, the, the two parts joined. And it's it's just, you know what I mean? It's just it's just up the top. It's just, you just see just a little slither of, of white. So we wanted to replicate that. We wanted to get that exactly bang on. Because I, I was just being a real, real stickler on that. And it was just an absolute nightmare. I saw that. And literally like a couple of weeks beforehand, I had put like a misted vinyl on the window. And that was literally just like, just going a square bit of vinyl on a square bit of window. And that was, I mean, that got to the point where there are still air bubbles on it and they will just have to stay there because I'm not. <laughs> and, I just, and the pain of that, I was like, this is so simple, but I just can't get this done. And then I saw your post and I was like, oh, I, I feel like I've been there, but I, I've not been there. Like mine was so easy compared to yours. But I know that that sense of frustration and like, yeah, well, maybe I'll just take another shot of this. But I, I, I tapped out. But I know in your situation, you, you have to keep keep pushing through because you've got an egg toe. You can't be like, man, that'll do. You've got, to, you've got to go all the way. And that's exactly it. And you can't go, man, that'll do anymore because everything else has gone to like, you know, X of a standard and you've gone, no, it, it isn't a case of that, that'll do. It's kind of like, you know, no, it's got to be absolutely bang on. But I have got a guy who I'm taking it to who's going to do the, the tints for me because that's that's a nightmare in itself and if you've done frosting and i've done frosting on glass like in showers the thought of doing tinting for an ecto getting that getting that clear strip going down the middle i was like no thank you so i messaged loads of tint guys around the local area said you know would you tint this car i've got and you know they, they, they come back and yeah what, what car is it and they're going well it, it's you know an, an ecto one sort of replica and a lot of them came back and they were they were all fairly nonchalant about it they were like well yeah yeah you know we can do it yeah it's going to be this or whatever and i had one guy came back who went if there's something that needs tinting in your neighborhood who are you gonna call? <laughs> <laughs> and i just sent him a message you, back and sir. Going, well you sir because you sound like just the man i need and um, i said to him hey and also i've got these door decals that need to go on as well do you think you can do that <laughs> and he was like yeah 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 no, no problem because if you know if you know what you're doing, like if you do that on on a regular basis, you can do it without even thinking. And that's an iconic job. Like, would you put the No Ghost logo on my Ecto-1? Like, that's one of those jobs. I, I can see why he jumped on it. And that's awesome that you managed to find someone who was... Who's, who's into it and who'll get a kick out of it as well. This is it. He can't wait. He's asked me to bring over a flight suit so he can we can have a few pictures of him doing the tints in a flight suit. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy's a legend. You know, no problem with that. This Exactly. You know, he's an absolute legend. So, um, so yeah, can't wait to take that over and get that done. So have you been able to get out and see any of the other Ectos in the UK? If, if for no other reason than just for reference. Um, so I went to watch a secret cinema Ghostbusters event that they did years back I want to say maybe like seven years ago in London in a kind of old theatre and it was a showing of Ghostbusters but you know as they did the secret cinema kind of things they had some of the they had some actors going around at the same time and the, the theatre was all done a bit like the hotel ballroom the Cedric Hotel and it was great and they had um, they had an ecto there at that time and I remember sort of like seeing that you know this was long before I, I was getting my own one or anything but I remember seeing it there and I was like oh that's cool so what do you plan to do with this thing once it's ready once it's finished is this going away into your collection or are you going to be one of the touring ectos doing events and things like that well I think that all depends on fuel prices uh you know I would love 
to take it out. And it's great the fuel prices have come down recently. You know, this, this means to say that we can actually take it out more. Um, I, I, I'm just going to take it everywhere and anywhere that somebody will have me, I think. You know, go, go and do shows and comic cons or, or whatever or wherever. One thing, being a teacher and having taken the Jurassic Park Jeep into school a few times, the kids love, they absolutely get such a kick out of seeing the cars. You know, because I, I remember being a kid at the age of, you know, a, again, about five or six or so and being in uh, like a local Burger King when the Ghostbusters Ecto-1 turned up, you know, and it was this, it was this white clapped out Citroen <laughs> couple of like um like amber like lights on it and a badly painted ghostbusters sign on the side but you know i remember going oh wow you know this is cool this is so cool and you know through the eyes of a child you know they they love this kind of thing so i definitely love to do some some things that it's going to bring some enjoyment and some happiness into into people's lives because i think that's you know after everything that you know I think the world's been through. You know, I don't want to get like too deep or things like that. It's supposed to be an enjoyment thing. But but you know, it's been it's been a rough old few years for everyone. And I think, you know, doing just going out and people enjoying it and being able to come up and have a look and get inside it and, you know, go for a spin in it and those kind of things. If that makes people's day or week or whatever, then those are the kind of things I want to do. So that's that's amazing and that's 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 why I wanted to get you on the show because you know, you're not the first person to build an ecto, but I just I got a sense from what Watching your build and seeing you online that you were you were in this not just to build yourself something to then hide away but you want to build this thing you're involving people in the build you're sharing all the highs the lows all the dirty secrets of building this thing and then when it's done you're just going to take it out and share it with like-minded ghostbusters and people who just people who need a smile put on their face that's amazing man i can't I can't I can't speak highly enough of you for that that's absolutely amazing that's it's, um, it's unbelievable it comes it comes from a place of you know you want to you want to build an ecto because you want it one since you're a kid but I think on a, on a on a different level this comes from a very much a selfless place oh you're doing well this. thank you yeah it's exactly that I mean it was the reason why I sold you know all the guitars was because no one was getting any enjoyment out of it you know, at least for me, I had all these guitars there and I was like, well, I'm not getting enjoyment out of it. Let's actually send them off to people who are going to enjoy them. And then I thought, okay, let's do something. Let's let's get an Ecto. Let's do the Ecto. And I've been thinking about this question, you know, what am I going to do with it? You know, where am I going to take it? And I would love to take it to anywhere that, you know, people are going to like appreciate it. And a friend of mine who I used to work with at school, she has started working for um, a charity called the Rainbow Trust and they, they they're a bit like a kind of like a make-a-wish kind of thing but they they help families and they help children who have sort of like you know pretty bad illnesses you know and sometimes they're, they're sort of like terminal and um, they you know they, they do a lot of work around the, the children and supporting the children and, the, and their families because you know having kids himself it's it, it, it can be a real rough time when when your, your kids are, are sick and um, you know, my, my brother's had something like that. But anyway, it, it's, it would be nice. And I, I said to her about this, I said, look, what I want to do with the Ecto is I want to take it out and I want to collect for you guys. And I want to, I want to collect and I want to do things for you guys so that it, it can be out, it can be rolling about and people can get enjoyment and you can just stick like, hey, you know, can you just stick some money in here, a quid, you know, a couple of quid, whatever. And it can then have that ripple effect and it can make other people's life you know, not directly happy, but it can be happy as a result of that kind of thing. So I just thought that's 
that's another cool thing to do. And then, you know, if there's any way that it's going to make other people's lives happy in that, then, you know, I'm all for that. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing, man. Much respect to you. Because it would be so easy to just build it like, this is mine, I'm just going to keep this for me, or only take it out where there are opportunities for you to directly profit from it. But to, to hear that, like, hear those intentions, man, that's that's amazing. I can't speak highly enough of you for that. That's amazing. Ah. Thanks, dude. Well, it's yeah, it's it's kind of it's um it's it's kind of like close to my heart, and it's one of those things, isn't it? That that everyone needs a a bit of enjoyment in their life, and they they need to do things, and they need they kind of need to feel like um, they're making I don't know the, the world of trying to trying. Know. I always try. I always work with the notion of trying to leave the world in a better place than I found it. That's it. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Very well put, sir. I was kind of scrabbling around for the words to put it, but you put it so eloquently, sir. Thank you. Okay, so the big question, when do you think or when do you aim to have this thing completed? You said you started the journey during lockdown, so that's what, 2020. Do you have an estimated time of completion for this? This is a good answer to this question. I was playing a gig on Saturday night and a buddy of mine was there and he takes amazing photos and he's going to take photos of the Ecto when it's finished. He's got some lovely ideas for like scenic and smoke and, you know, very atmospheric and all of that. And I contacted him about doing this when I bought the car back in January last year. And he sort of said, okay, yeah, well, you know, when's it going to be here? I said, it will be here around April time. And he said, okay. And I said, yeah, so I reckon, you know, if we get together, you know, around October time, it'll be finished by then, I reckon. And he was like, okay, cool. And that was obviously October last year. And I saw him on Saturday night and he went, yeah, so um, so I've been watching the progress of the Ecto Oz. And he says, it's, uh, it's not quite finished, <laughs> is it? I was like, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. But the I said is, October, like, but I didn't give you the year. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah, I didn't specify the year. <laughs> the devil's in the detail here. I said, um, look, I, I, what, what has become apparent with this was when I made the pack, and I'd finished the pack, I suddenly felt a massive sense of achievement, but also I felt a bit empty that the project had stopped. I don't know if you had that when you'd finished your pack. Yeah, and I think that's why you you never finish building a proton pack, because I, quote, finished mine 10 years ago, and I put a new ribbon on it like two months ago. So I, I can get that, yeah, because when it's finished, then then it's done. And what do I do now? Yeah, so, you, so you're, it's almost like savouring it as much as possible. Yeah. And that's kind of what I feel like I'm doing. And I get, I get loads of people go, because I, I did the, the Jeep in about eight months. That didn't take long to do at all. But the Ecto... But, but compar- comparatively, that there can't have been much work done. Yeah. To that, I mean. <laughs> no. This thing's like... Uh, building no, an Ecto is like building a puzzle and not knowing what the picture is. Like. Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. And every part has been hidden across the county. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um you know people say to us you know well, when's it going to be finished and i just i'm saying to people now you know it, it'll be finished when it's finished and i i would love to to have a time frame on it but it's one of these things a fella that i'm enjoying the ride so much every every day there's something new that happens and i try and post as much as i can about all of the stuff that turns up or things that i've done or this stuff that's happened in the world of ecto to to bring people along that this journey with me because it's so it's so awe-inspiring you just part of me just doesn't want it to end that's the perfect answer because again that just shows the reason that you're in this process is there's not for anything other than just the enjoyment of it like it'll take as long as it takes 
take like if you was like you know come hell or high water it'll be done by october 2023 like because this is just not something you can you i don't think you can plan for in that way so just to hear that you're like it'll be done when she's ready when she's ready like that's that's cool that's good to hear it's exactly that and you know we're getting closer i think every day you take a little step but it's it's like walking to japan you know okay i'll get there in the end <laughs> every day yeah, I will get there one day with a lot of blisters. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, yeah. I feel incredibly lucky to be walking this road of being able to build an Ecto. And I kind of just going along and I'm enjoying it. And it is, it is exactly, it's, it's almost as simple as that, you know. And setbacks happen and you take the setbacks with, you know, well, okay, that, that makes it just that little bit more interesting. How are we going to solve this puzzle or, or how are we going to do that? So, yeah, that's good. It sounds like you're on an amazing journey with so much more still to come. So if people listening to this, they're not following you online and they're not aware of what you're doing, where can people see this process taking place online? So I, it's mainly on sort of Instagram um, and Facebook. So Ecto1GB, that's where I tend to post various ups and downs of the life of building an Ecto. So um, yeah, check it out. As someone who consumes that content regularly, it's thoroughly enjoyable. Definitely definitely check him out. Ah, oh, well, I appreciate that, buddy. Thank you. Man, thank you so much for coming on. It's, it's been fascinating, genuinely fascinating to talk to you. Like, I've, I've really enjoyed watching the process so far. And I, this is, I'm living vicariously through you because it's not it's, it's not something I'm ever going to be doing. Let's put it that way. So it's really amazing to watch the process and to now get to sit down and talk to you and hear your experiences firsthand and the motives to why you're doing this. It's just it's amazing, man. It's been a real honor talking to you. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. Well, thank you so much for having us on and, and, and allowing us to kind of, I suppose, just waffle on about Ghostbusters stuff and Ecto-1 for an hour or so. I appreciate that. Dude, the pleasure has been all mine. Huge thank you for Oz for coming on the show, man. It was so good to talk to you. I cannot wait to see this beast in person. We are hoping, hoping, fingers crossed, he's going to have this thing ready for 2024 and we can unveil this at EctoCon 2 down in Colchester, which I should have more information on very, very soon. So stay tuned to the Ecto events, social media, and of course, any information on that is going to be right here in future episodes of Print is Dead. Huge thank you to everyone who checked out the show this month. I will be back in November with episode three and a brand new guest. Like I said at the top of the show, if you're a franchise, you've got something going on. If you're a creator, you've got something going on. If you're a seller, you've got something going on. Send me the information, info at ectocrank.com, and I'll shout it out right here on Print is Dead. And also just if you're a fan, like we kicked off the show congratulating two Ghostbusters fans on their wedding. Whatever's going on in this community, like I said in the last episode, whatever's going on in this community, I want to hear about it. I want to talk about it. I want to share it with everyone else. That's what this podcast is going to be we're not going to be worrying about the news we're not going to be worrying about what's going on with bill murray we're not going to be worrying about what ernie hudson's doing i want to talk about you guys i want to talk about this community so if you're doing something if something's going on in this ghostbusters let me know info at exocrank.com you can also keep up with me online i am on instagram at ectocrank keep up with all things ecto events at ecto events across social media my store instagram the crank cave and of course keep up with the podcast print is dead podcast over on instagram you guys have been awesome. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If you dig this one, let me know online. I hope you all come back for episode three. But until then, I have been Ecto Crank. This has been Brent is Dead. And I will see you on the other side. Well, that wasn't such a chore, now, was it? <laughs> <laughs>